0: Amen. Take your Bibles out, uh, brothers and sisters, and open them to the 13th chapter of Hebrews. As I mentioned to the children, this is a a wonderful day, a very important day in the life of our church. First of all, we got to share together with this beautiful ordinance of baptism and celebrate new life in Christ. That's what baptism is all about. And I would encourage you, if you've never... Uh, obeyed the Lord in this way, you've never submitted to believers' baptism, and it's always believers' baptism, then I'd love to talk to you about that, because God is faithful, and He honors, uh, he honors us when we, obey, when we obey His Word, which is an important word for us today as well, um, because today, as I mentioned to the children, uh, Caleb and Beatrice Moore come to uh, to join our church family and our leadership team here at First Baptist Church. And, uh, and that's what I want to talk to us about. I, I, you know, I started preaching a series of sermons through uh, the book of Hebrews beginning in September of 2022. And uh, I didn't know how all things were going to work out. I've just started a verse-by-verse exposition. And now... Uh, here on this particular day, we are at the 17th verse of the very last chapter uh, here in Hebrews. And it just seems to me that the Lord has worked this thing out this way. I didn't necessarily plan it this way a year and a half ago. had no idea that, you know, we would be here today for this particular reason or this particular purpose. To, to welcome, uh, you know, new members to the church and new part of our, of our leadership team. But uh, that's exactly what we're doing, and this passage of Scripture just fits right in. Now, let me just remind you that the writer of Hebrews, and we don't know who that was. Maybe it was the Apostle Paul. Some believe that. Others suggest someone else. I honestly uh, don't know. I'm not exactly sure that it is actually critical to know who uh, wrote it, although this, whoever the writer was, he, has a, he feels a pastoral responsibility to the people he's writing to. And, uh, and throughout the book, the entire book of Hebrews, he's pointed to Jesus. He has said, let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's exactly what he said in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, which is really, for in my mind, it kind of sums up the entire book. He says, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us keeping our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. In other words, as God's people, as saved, as baptized believers in Christ, we are in a race. We're in the race of life, and it is a race of faith. It's not a sprint. It is a marathon and he says you need to run to the end. Those who endure to the end will be saved. And so, and so keep on running. Keep. On. How in the world can I make sure that I don't quit halfway through the race when I hit the wall or I get discouraged or whatever? Well, I keep my eyes on Jesus. He is the prize. And so eyes on the prize. That's what I entitled this entire uh, series of messages from Hebrews. Eyes on the prize. The prize is Jesus. And watch this. Since he's the one that, since it is a race of faith, and he's the one that starts the faith, he originates uh, our faith, and he perfects it or he finishes it and everything in between, then we need Jesus. We need Jesus in this race. And so you keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Now, in this final chapter, uh, the writer of Hebrews here has Is turning his attention to spiritual leadership because as I mentioned he does feel a pastoral responsibility to the people he's writing to he has a hope or desire that he's going to be able to see them again and be with them and share fellowship and share the word together but he's not sure that that's going to take place and so the question in his mind is what is going how are they going to continue on how are they going to uh, uh, go forward in the race And so his heart and mind turns to spiritual leadership. So, for example, he says in verse 7, look down at verse 7. He says, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you. As you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. Now, I'll come back to that here in just a minute. Down in verse 24, the next to the last verse in this chapter, he says, and greet all your leaders and all the saints And those who are from Italy send their greetings. And so there's a relationship here between God's people and the spiritual leadership in the church. And then in verse 17, and this is the passage we're going to focus on, this one verse, and then uh, a couple that follow it. Verse 17, he says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls, as those who will give an account, so that they can do this with joy... And not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we are convinced that we have a clear conscience, wanting to conduct ourselves honorably in everything. And I urge you all the more to pray that I may be restored to you very soon. And may the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his word. Now again, here is the pastor's heart. And he cares about these people, the body of Christ... And he evidently had been with them, and he had preached, and he had led. He was one of the spiritual leaders of the leadership team, but now he is separated from them. And he's not sure he's ever going to make it back. So how? He's hoping to. He's praying that he will. He asks them to pray, but he's not sure. And so how are they going to continue on? Well, it's all about spiritual leadership. Now, a couple of things here. Watch this. God has given his church spiritual leaders. When it says obey and submit to your leaders, he's not talking about uh, the President of the United States or anybody else like that. He's talking about leadership in the body of Christ. God has given the body of Christ leaders. And watch this it's for our benefit. He says there in verse 17. Um, Obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy, not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. See that word unprofitable? The, the, The other side of that is profitable. In other words, God has done this. He's given us spiritual leaders in the body of Christ for our profit, for the benefit, for the good of the body, for the good of us as individuals. And he says we have a responsibility then to the spiritual leaders. Now watch this. Spiritual leadership in the body is or it comes from God and it is for for the well-being or for the building up or the shrinking of the church. In fact, the Apostle Paul said this very same same thing when he wrote to the Ephesians. And I've got something in my mouth. Hang on, i got to get this. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. He said, and he himself, and he himself there is the Lord Jesus. He himself, the Lord Jesus, who is the head of the church, the head of the body, he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ, until we all, that's all of us, reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ fullness now look at what happened look at what's going on here you and I as God's people we're in this race of life we're keeping our eyes on the prize and we're headed towards the goal And what's happening as we run this race, we are maturing in Christ Jesus, and we're coming to look more and more like Christ. You know, that is the goal of the Lord Jesus, his work in your life, child of God, to look more like him. And so the question that I want to ask myself every day, you know, am I looking more like Jesus every day so that when he raptures me, one of these days, I'm planning on being raptured or I'm going to get out of this world alive, one of these days... I don't want to have to change that much. We had a good friend named Dora Edmondson. She used to say that all the time. I want to live my life more like Jesus every day so that when I'm raptured, I won't have to change that much. That's a good way to live. What is God doing in our life? He He is molding us. He is shaping us into the image of Christ. And how does this take place? It takes place in the body of Christ. And watch this, as we walk together in love, and in that, God has given us spiritual leaders to lead us for our good so that we come to the full measure of Christ. This is the good thing. And and watch this, he's given us all different types of leadership. So he said he gave some pastors, some teachers, some apostles, prophets, all different kinds. So when I talk to us about spiritual leadership, right, now let's get this. In our church today, we have spiritual leaders. We have a a pastoral team, and Caleb is coming to be a part of that pastoral team. Myself and Brother Kevin, and now um, uh, Brother um, Caleb, who is uh, stepping in now. Brother Eric has been with us and uh, over the last uh, nine months or so, part of our pastoral leadership team. But you know what? That's not all the spiritual leaders in the church. So, when I talk about spiritual leadership, I'm also going to be talking about those who have been called into a ministry, deacon ministry, for example. And so, if you're a deacon of this church, you are part of the spiritual leadership of our church. If you are a Sunday school teacher, or you're, or you're leading or teaching a small group, you are part of the spiritual leadership. Of our church, of the body of Christ. And there may be others. If you are involved in, in ministry in the church body, you are part of the spiritual leadership of the church. God himself is the one who has put you in that place. And, and he is using you or he wants to use you as leaders in the church to grow us together in the unity of the, of the spirit of God in the body of Christ so that we can Come to manifest the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ together, right? And so that is, that is what is happening when we talk about spiritual leaders. That's who we are. Now, today in this message, and then for the next just little bit, I want to just unpack this 17th verse and show you how this works out. I want to specifically speak to, uh, to Caleb and B as they come as part of our spiritual leadership team. But I also want to speak to each one of us, all the, pastoral, uh, or all the pastors, all of the deacons, all of the Sunday school teachers and small group leaders and everything else that we have inside the church, part of the spiritual leadership of the church. I want to show you what spiritual leadership is all about and what God has to say about it and then what our response should be to it. Okay? So that's the sermon this morning. Ready? Here we go. Under the heading spiritual leaders, three things. First of all, spiritual leaders watch over the souls of God's people. Why did God give us spiritual leaders? To watch over the souls of God's people. How do I know that? Well, it says right there in verse 17. Look again. He says, obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls. They keep watch over your souls. Now, he's speaking to the body. He's speaking to all of us as God's people. And he says, spiritual leaders in the body watch over the souls of the people of God. Now, this word watch literally means uh, to seek after sleep. In fact, the Greek word here actually refers to sleeplessness. And so, if you can get the picture, all right, picture a uh, military encampment. And the soldiers have been out soldiering all day. And they come in. And uh, they... Uh, get their supper, and then they get in their sleeping bag or their bunk or whatever it is, and they go to sleep. But not everybody sleeps, right? So they put sentries around the encampment, and and while everybody else is sleeping at night, the sentries are going to stay awake, and they're going to keep watch. Why? Because there are enemies out there that might try to infiltrate, they're going to attack, whatever it is, and so the sentries are watching. They are keeping watch. They are guarding. In fact, this word watch could be translated guard. They are watching, guarding over the souls of the people of God. And Caleb, let me just say to you that this is why you are coming here to First Baptist Church to be part of our spiritual leadership team as we watch over the souls of God's people. Now, you might ask, well, what should I watch? Okay, Any of you spiritual leaders here want to ask, what should I be watching? Let me give you four things. Number one, watch the word. Watch the word. Look back at verse 7 in this 13th chapter. He says, remember your spiritual leaders who have spoken God's word to you. What does the spiritual leader do? What does he have to say? What does she have to say? What God says. That's it. You take the word of God. And you deliver the word of God, you preach it, you teach it, you share it, you minister it. And when somebody comes and they need some counseling, what are you going to do? You're going to take the word of God and you're going to... I'll never forget, I, uh, my, my very first um, student pastor, his name was Ken Kleckner. And uh, I used to hate him for this, but I'd go to him and say, Ken, I got this problem. Maybe it's a problem with school or a problem with a girlfriend or something else, you know. And he would always say, well, what does the Bible say about that? I'm like, no, man, just tell me what. No, no, let's look and see what the Bible has to say about that. See, this is what a a spiritual leader does. He takes his people as he watches the Word. And this means you've got to know the Word of God. You take the people to the Word. This is the reason that here at First Baptist Church, we preach the Word, we teach the Word. In our Sunday school classes, we have something called a quarterly. Some of us do. We don't teach the quarterly, we teach the Bible. All it does is kind of help keep... Keep a guy like me on track, right? And so we, we're teaching, we're preaching, we are sharing the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, the writer said this, For this reason we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard, so that we will not drift away. Why do we share the Word? Why do we keep watch over the Word? Because it is the Word of God that keeps us from drifting away. That is, if we get our eyes off the prize, and the Word of God is going to help us keep our eyes on the prize. But we get our our eyes off the prize, we're going to go this way or we're going to go this way. This is always a danger as a child of God, drifting. And so it is the Word of God that keeps us on point, keeps us on Jesus. And so as a spiritual leader, teach the Word, preach the Word, share the Word, keep watch over the Word. And guys, this is for everybody. Ladies, this is for everybody. Second thing, keep watch over Jesus. Spiritual leaders, watch Jesus. Remember, he is the prize. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1, the writer has said, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in this heavenly calling, consider Jesus consider Jesus the apostle that that word apostle means messenger the one who brought the message and the high priest the high priest is the one who takes us into the very holy of holies the apostle and high priest of our confession so what does a spiritual leader do he keeps pointing to Jesus and that means you got to keep your eyes on Jesus yourself How can you take people to Jesus if you're not there yourself? Over and over again, it's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. In chapter 2, verse 12, we saw this a minute ago. The writer said, fix your eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. So if Jesus is the one who is the source of our faith, and he perfects our faith, and we run this race by faith, then we need our eyes on Jesus in order that our faith, might be completed in him and so as a spiritual leader what do you do you point to Jesus keeping your eye on the word keeping your eye on Jesus taking people to Jesus third thing the spiritual leader keeps watch over his own life keep watch over your own life Look back at verse uh, 7 here in uh, chapter 13. He said, remember your leaders who have spoken God's word to you as you carefully observe the outcome of their lives, imitate their faith. Now, Caleb, let me just say to you, and I want to say this also to Kevin, I want to say this to all of our deacons and Sunday school teachers. Watch this. People under your ministry or people in your ministry are watching your life. And not only are they going to be watching your life, they're commanded to watch your life. Did you see that? And not only are they commanded to watch your life, they're commanded here in this seventh verse to imitate your life. (laughs) And I'll I'll be honest with you. Now, that's a very humbling thing for me personally. As the pastor of a church, to think that people are not only looking at me, but they're going to be doing what I'm doing. Now, what does that mean? That means I better be doing right. I I better be following Jesus. I better be keeping my eyes on the prize. I better be staying in the word myself because I'm going to say here in a moment, I can't do this on my own. And and let me tell you, I I need Jesus. And by the way, uh, and this is for all of our spiritual leaders, Caleb in particular, you are never going to be able to lead people closer to Jesus than you are yourself. And it is all about him. And if you don't know him personally, if you're not walking with him closely, you're never going to be, uh, be able to lead people in that way. So watch this. A leader is held to a higher standard. If people are watching us and they're commanded to imitate us, we're held to a higher standard. In fact, failure as a pastor is devastating to the church body. We have seen this happen in other churches when a pastor fails morally or he fails in his marriage or something else. It devastates the church. Same way if you're a deacon in the church, if you're a, a teacher or a leader in some other way. Faithfulness, is a, faithfulness on the part of the spiritual leadership is a great blessing to the body. Failure is a great devastation to the body. In fact, the Apostle Paul, he told uh, his young protege, Timothy, First Timothy four sixteen he said, Pay close attention to your life and to your teaching. Persevere in these things, for in doing this you will save both yourself and your hearers. In other words, the way you conduct yourself, the way you live your life is going to affect not only you, not only your family, but your church family, the church body, because people are going to be watching your life, and they're going to be wanting to imitate your life, especially as a student pastor with influence on these young hearts and minds, these young people. And so a spiritual leader watching over the souls of God's people, is watching the word, watching Jesus, watching your life. Last thing, watching the people. To watch over a soul, you've got to watch that individual soul. And you know what that means? That means you've got to know them. And you got to love them. you got to care. There's nothing worse than a pastor or a spiritual leader in the church that doesn't care about people. That doesn't care about the people that they lead or the people that they are entrusted with. That means you've got to watch with empathy. You've got to watch with understanding. You've got to watch with humility. We're not watching the souls or the lives of other people in a judgmental way. We're watching with, with uh, great understanding as we, we might have to correct as we go back to the Word, right? We always correct with the Word of God. Some of us need correcting, some more than others, perhaps. But we always do it with the Word of God in love, speaking the truth in love. This is caring for the souls of God's people. It's not, it's not caring for someone's soul if you see them walking in error and you don't take them to the Word of God and help them to see that error, right? And so, as a spiritual leader, you are teaching, you are uh, preaching, you are loving the body, and you're sharing the word of God with them. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And by the way, this is something that uh, is part of all of our responsibility as a church body. He says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good deeds. That word consider means to pay attention. That word consider means to watch. And so when I see you struggling, when I see you hurting, when I see you uh, in need or I see something going on in your life or I see you in error, however it is, I just can't sit by or go, well, I hope it works out for you or pat you on the back or say, well, you'll figure it out some way. No, I have got to come alongside. And this is true with all of us, in particular, the spiritual leadership of the church. I've got to see individuals because that's really is what it's all about us as individuals are so vitally important in the body I see you you see me and we walk together in love and sometimes we help one another and we come alongside each other and by the way this means we got to know one another This is why uh, small group Bible study, Sunday school, not just corporate worship, but also fellowship. We've got to know one another so to walk in love together so that we can help one another when we have need. A spiritual leader watches the life of the sheep that he is entrusted to serve. All right. So spiritual leaders watch over the souls of God's people. All right. Got that. Okay. here's the second thing. Spiritual leaders account for the souls of God's people. Spiritual leaders account for the souls of God's people. Let me just remind us. I'm talking to all those who have a position, any position of leadership in the church body. Again, look at what it says down in verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls. Amen. We just saw that. As those who will give an account. An account as those who will give an account. Now, what that means, brother, (laughs) what that means, leaders is one day we're going to give an account for our ministry we're going to give an account for the souls of God's people. Now, let me just remind us that each one of us are individually responsible for God, before God for our own souls. In fact, in Romans chapter 14 verse 12, the apostle Paul said very this uh, this very thing. He said, "So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God." That's you, that's me. Every one of us are going to stand before uh, a, a holy, righteous God, and we're going to give an account. What did I do with Jesus? Did I put my faith in him? The book of Revelation says all these books are going to be open. These are the books of works. There's one book called the book of life, and the question is, is your name written in the book of life? That's the account that you're going to give before Jesus. Every one of us, but spiritual leaders, now, watch this, are, hold, are held doubly... Accountable. We're accountable for our own souls. And then we're accountable for those souls that God has given us to watch over. That's just what it says right there. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. As those who are given account. Spiritual leaders are going to give an account, which means we are held to a higher standard. This is what the Bible says in James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment. If you're walking with the Lord and you're walking in leadership in the body of Christ, you're going to be held accountable, not just for your own life, but for those souls in which the Lord has given you responsibility over now you might say well I don't really like the way that sounds I can't hardly be accountable to myself and now you're telling me that the Bible says that I'm going to be accountable for the souls that are under me I mean uh, yeah (laughs) and here's the thing you say well I'm not really sure I like that maybe I just won't take a position of spiritual leadership the problem is is he's the Lord and this is a calling and you know what you never say the two words you never hear go together no lord you never say no lord never because if you say no he's not the lord if he's the lord the only right answer is yes Yes, Lord, you're in charge, you're in control. And watch this, to be a spiritual leader in the body of Christ is a calling by God. Remember, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, all those things. It's his church, it's his business. And when he says, you're going to be mine and you're going to follow me and I'm going to put you in this position right here, there's no way that you can say, well, Lord, I don't think I'm going to do that. Now, is it a high and weighty responsibility? Yes. Does that mean this is very serious business? It is very serious business if I'm held accountable, not just for myself, but also for the souls of God's people. I remember when uh, uh, when I was in... The military. I was in the Navy, and uh, I was on board a submarine for about three years or so. And um, and three different times during my career on the submarine, I was called down to the captain's quarters. He wanted to talk to me about something, and usually it was something that I had done or not done. And uh, on several occasions, I remember standing there and uh, the captain was not pleased because I hadn't done what I was supposed to do or I had done what I uh, had not done or what I should have done. What I learned there was that everybody is accountable to somebody. And we have a commanding officer. We have a Lord that we must and will give an account to. You know, the Lord Jesus told these told this same thing in a number of parables, in particular in Matthew chapter 25. He said there was a master and he was going off on a trip and he told his folks, he said, I'm going to come back, right? You don't know when I'm going to come back, but I'm going to come back. And when I'm going to come back, I'm going to hold everybody to account. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some talents and I'm going to give you some talents and you some talents and I want you to put them to work. And so in the story, some put them to work, and one old boy, he said, well, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to be held accountable. So I'll just take what God has given me or what the master has given me, and I'll just go bury it, and I won't use it. Now, watch this. The one who had been given much was able to, uh, he put it into practice. He. And, and God blessed it, and he was able to give it back to his master with, um, uh, uh, by multiplying it. And the master said, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what every servant wants to hear. And one, uh, and one of the others, he gave it back, and he hadn't made as much, but, uh, uh, but he had made something. And so, well done, good and faithful servant. See, the amount that you made wasn't the issue. And then the one who had said, well, I'm just going to bury it, he brought it back, and he said, here, i just give that back to you. I, knew I wasn't going to use it because I'm not going to be held accountable. You know what he was called? A wicked and lazy servant. He said, it's not your right, you have no right to say, I'm not going to do what my master has commanded me to do. Watch this. Unfaithfulness or disobedience is worse when it comes to judgment than it is at least trying and maybe messing up. Are we all going to mess up? Yeah. Everybody fails. Nobody is, uh, is perfect. But we're all going to be held accountable. We're going to be held accountable to ourselves. And then as a, as a spiritual leader, we're held accountable for the souls of God's people. And watch how serious this is. A soul is eternal. If you uh, have a job and you're working in that job and you make a mistake and you cost the company some money, that money can be made up right? If you, uh, if you make a mistake in some other way, those things can be, can be fixed. If you mess up with a soul, we're talking about eternity. That's how serious this is. He said we're, we're as one who gives an account over the souls of the people of God. You know what? It's, it's a great blessing to be Uh, To be a pastor or to be a leader in the church and to lead someone to faith in Christ and to see them come to faith and be baptized and all of that, whether you're teaching Sunday school or whatever it is, and God uses you, you're talking about something that is eternal here. Uh, There's a new name written down in heaven for eternity when someone comes to faith in Christ. The other side of that is what a great tragedy. What a great tragedy to not be found faithful and maybe lead someone astray or cause someone to turn from the Lord just because you didn't live your life right. You didn't teach the word. You didn't point to Jesus, whatever it is. We will all be held accountable. Now, now this is a great responsibility. How can you do it? How can you do it? You cannot do this on your own. And that really is the whole point of Scripture. You know, the apostle Paul, he saw this responsibility in his own life, but this is what he said. He said, we have this treasure in clay jars so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. How can I be faithful to the Lord? How can I fulfill the ministry that God has given me? Caleb, how are you going to be able to do it? You're not going to be able to do it in your own strength and power. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You can't do everything that God needs to do. But I tell you what, if you're faithful... You're walking with him. He'll do it through you. That's the promise of Scripture. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4.13, he said, I'm able to do all things through Christ who gives me strength. A child of God walking in the power of the Spirit of God through Christ Jesus can do all things. You cannot exercise your ministry. Kevin, you can't exercise your ministry. Deacons, you cannot exercise the ministry that God has given you to do. Sunday school teachers, small group leaders, you cannot exercise the ministry that God has given you to do faithfully in your own strength and power, only by the strength and power of Christ Jesus in you are you going to be able to complete this. So one day when you stand before God, and he says, so how did you... How did you do that? How did you share the the word? How did you lead people? How did you uh, impact souls? And you can point to Jesus and say, well, you know, it's all about him. And you know, the Lord, that that God the Father is pleased with his son. And when his son works within you, he is well pleased. So a spiritual leader is someone who is... uh, uh, is accountable for the souls of the people of God. We watch over the souls of God's people. We are accountable for the souls of God's people. And real quick, last thing is here. Spiritual leaders rejoice with the souls of God's people. Did you see that? Again, in verse 17, he says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account, so that they will do this with joy and not with Grieve. Now watch this. It is profitable. He's going, he's gonna go on to say, that's not profitable for you if they're grieved, then not joy filled. If they're joyless, that's not profitable. Their joy is profitable for the body of Christ, which means, as a spirit, and, and the other side of that is their grief is unprofitable for the body of Christ, which means spiritual leaders. You will or you must find joy in your work. You will or you must rejoice in the ministry. If there is no joy in your work, if there's no joy in the ministry, that's not benefiting the body. In fact, what is the point? And there are some people that think, and I've heard pastors say this, man, that, that ministry is all oh, just such a drudgery. You know, that, and and it, the, the implication is that somehow God called me in the ministry to make me miserable or that God called me to be a deacon, or God called me to, to teach a small group Sunday school class or small group Bible study just to make me miserable. Listen, God, does, his desire is not to make you miserable. His desire is to fill you with joy. And watch this. When your life is filled with joy... That's not just profitable. That's profitable for you, praise God. And there is joy in ministry. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. And if you can't be joyful in ministry, then go find something you can be, be uh, joyful in. But I'll tell you, if you're called by God, you're never, going to be, uh, you're never going to be content. You're never going to find joy or peace in anything else except following him except following him. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, John said, For this is what God's love is, to keep his commands, and his, burdens, er, and, his, and his commands are not a burden. God's commands, his call, is not a burden. Joy for spiritual leaders is the inheritance or it is the blessing of God. It is not an optional thing and you can and you should and you, you should rejoice in your ministry in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24 the apostle paul said i do not mean that we lorded over your faith but we are workers with you for your joy because you stand firm in faith in joy there is faithfulness in faithfulness there is joy but i want you to note how god's people are critical to this to the joy of their spiritual leaders look at what it says at the first part of verse 17 again obey your leaders and submit to them (laughs) obey and submit when we are obeying and submitting then our spiritual leaders are able to do their work, their God-called ministry and rejoice in it. And when that ha- happens, not only do they enjoy it or rejoice in it, but everybody else is able to rejoice and enjoy it too. Now I want you to notice how countercultural this is, right? Obey and submit. Hmm. No. No, we're, we're Americans. We're free. And not only that, we're Baptist, which means we have something called the priesthood of the believer, which means I can go to God myself. I don't obey or submit to nothing and nobody, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, counter- that's, not the way, that's not the way we do things in this, in this place, right? Obey and submit. In fact, I really wish the Lord would just go ahead and take that out of his Bible, but since he hasn't seen fit to do that, then I guess we better figure out what this means and what we got to do. We're not programmed culturally to obey and submit. And just honestly, let's you know, just be honest for a second. There are people in positions of leadership that probably should not be obeyed and they should not be followed. Because they're not, they're not exercising their leadership in a godly way or leading to Jesus. Or, and, you know, the same thing happened in the New Testament. In fact, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 20, he was coming back to, uh, to Ephesus. He's speaking with the Ephesian leaders for the last time. And he warns them because he's on his way to Jerusalem. He's probably never going to see them again. And in verse 30 of Acts chapter 20, he said, Men will rise up even from your own number and destroy the truth to lure the disciples into following them. And what's the key here? These are false teachers or false leaders. And what are they doing? They're saying, follow me, follow me. Instead of follow Jesus, follow Jesus. Now, the implication is you don't follow those leaders. You follow good spiritual leaders who point to Jesus, who keep us on the word and who keep us in the word, right? Obey them. And that word obey, by the way, literally means to be persuaded by. Submit means to yield to. When I obey and submit to a spiritual leader who is leading me to Jesus, who is pointing me in the right direction, who is keeping me in the word, who is leading my life, I, um, I yield to his or her leadership. I am persuaded by it. I let God work that in me, and I'm following Jesus. Because a spiritual leader is an under-shepherd of the leader. And so a spiritual leader is never going to be pointing to self. He's always going to be pointing to Jesus. He's always going to be saying, let's follow Jesus. So what is my responsibility if I'm not part of that spiritual leadership, if God has not called me to something like that? Obey and submit. And every one of us are under authority, called to obey and submit to our spiritual leaders. And watch this. When that happens, when we're doing that, then our leaders are able to rejoice and that is profitable for all of us and the Lord Jesus is building up his body and he's blessing his people and he's pouring out his spirit and more and more people are coming to know Jesus souls are being saved and added to the body of Christ when all that is in place all right spiritual leadership so I want to give a charge today to all of us from the Word of God first of all Church body, very, very simple. Obey and submit to your spiritual leaders. And we have many, many spiritual leaders, those who have positions of, of authority here in our church body. Obey and submit. And that's not what Brother Greg is, says. That's what the Bible says. Okay, And I'm just telling you what God's Word said. And when we're doing that, God is going to take care of these other things. He's going to bless the body. And I will tell you that as Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep, And our pastors and our deacons, our teachers are under shepherds of the sheep. God willing, God help us. We are going to be focused on Jesus. We're going to be staying in the word. You can follow, you can obey and submit to good, godly, spiritual leadership. That's what God is calling us to. That is what God is calling us as a church body to, obey and submit now, to the leaders, to the staff, to the deacons, to the teachers, I want to challenge you keep watch. Keep watch over the souls of God's people. Watch the Word, watch Jesus, watch your life, watch your people. Watch with love, watch with grace. Watch, keep watch. Account for, you are held accountable, and understand the serious nature. Of what it means to be a spiritual leader in the body of Christ and exercise or complete it, fulfill your ministry. And thirdly, rejoice in your ministry. Rejoice with your people, rejoice over them. Don't lord it over the flock. Lead in faithfulness and lead in joy. Now, Caleb and B, to you personally, you are joining the spiritual leadership here at First Baptist Church. You're joining the pastoral leadership team. You are coming to, uh, to minister, to lead in the entire body. You are going to be our student pastor. But student ministry here at First Baptist Church is not a separate thing. It is integral to the entire body of Christ. And so as you lead, you'll be leading in the entire body. And we want to ask you today to make a commitment to faithfulness. I want to give you a charge from the Word of God, brother. And I'm going to put it up here on the screen. It's from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And may the Lord bless you in your ministry. May the Lord bless the body and grow the body and strengthen the body as we obey and submit to our spiritual leaders, as we watch, as we account for, as we rejoice with the people of God. Let's pray. Father, I would ask today in the name of Jesus, Lord. As we have attempted or tried just to take the word today and just to faithfully proclaim it and apply it to our church, to our lives, God, I pray that you would be glorified in it. And Lord, I pray today that as you just take over in this place, you may find a people, you may find leaders, you may find, God, pastors who are faithfully Seeking and searching and following you, Lord. And God, would you just strengthen and build the body, Lord, so that we might complete everything that you want to do in the name of Jesus, Lord, as the light shines from First Baptist Church, Brazoria. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite